Welcome to another episode of It's Just Pennies. This is the Stock Whisperer. Before you enjoy today's episode, let me just state this. I am not a financial advisor, so if you're looking for financial advice, please seek an investment professional. The episode that you're about to hear is strictly for educational and informational purposes only. Welcome OTCers. Today we have a published author, a trader in the OTC world. He's a father and a family man. I'd like to welcome author Craig Refor. How you doing, man? I'm pretty good. And yourself? I'm doing all right. How, how you do today in the market? Oh, man, it's a beautiful day in the market. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> that's, that's always good. Uh, so let's just go ahead and dive into it. I know we both got a lot of stuff to do and everything. So how long you been trading in, in stocks in general? About two years. Two years? Is yep. you been doing big board or OTC? I started on big boards. I gotta I have a <laughs> I like to think of my, my story, my journey is a little little unorthodox. But I started on big boards. Okay. And and you, you started on big boards, then what prompted you to try out the OTC? Believe it or not, my better half, she had been going on and on about the penny stocks. Penny stocks this, penny stocks that. She had been, you know, checking you guys out, turn me on to you guys, uh, CC and um, Tim Sykes, Bohan, those, those guys or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But she was the one. She was the one to turn me on to it. <laughs> Did you tell her that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had to tell her that. <laughs> she probably like, see, you should have been listening to me. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. No, we were um we were stuck. We were stuck with the sub pennies. I mean, I'm I'm telling her, I'm saying, how do you do the math on that? She's like, I don't know. And I'm like, okay then. You know, it was it was easy for me to be like, I don't know how to do the math on it. Um, but one day I said, you know what? Let's figure this out. You know, and I think I put about five hundred in and it came back eight hundred. And that gave me a pretty good picture on uh, on the sub pennies. Ah, I see. So did you like just abruptly leave big boards or was like a slow, I'm going to keep looking over my shoulder type of leave? Um, it was um, it was slow. It was it was real slow. I still had my, my favorites on the big boards and um, I was kind of, you know, one foot in, one foot out. OK. And since then. How has your journey been? I mean, we're going to go in detail, but overall, how has your journey been since you, you started to now? Oh, man, it's it's been it's been one for the record books, to be honest with you. I'm a fast learner, but um, just a percentage on, on games, you know, I was doing fairly well when I when I got into the big boards just based off um, uh, some splits. I was inside of that uh, Apple split. I was inside of the Tesla split. I was inside of um, Square when it was about, when it dropped down to like 30, 33 bucks. So, you know, journey from that then over to the OTC, it's just, it's, it's been a real good journey. I'm appreciating the learning process, to be honest with you. So you caught the the forward split with uh, Tesla after it bounced from that $50 mark during COVID then? Absolutely. Wait, did you get in early? Yeah. Okay. Because I know when I was talking about Tesla, when it was around fifty dollars, people thought it was crazy. Like it's already going; it's going to keep going down. <laughs> I'm like, bro, it's about to go back up. And it's funny because those same people was like at five hundred dollars, like, man, I gotta get Tesla. And I'm like, this is my y'all back. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's it's you know it's I think it's the way the the brains are wired. To be honest with you, that's why. Um, you know, certain people get into it and they just flow very well. And some people have to do a lot of unlearning because 
you know, I think your brain is processed one way. Everybody's on it. It's moving up. You're excited about it and you jump in rather than it's red. It's bleeding. Everybody's scared. So that's why I think the majority go in with the FOMO when it's already running rather than getting in early. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense. So um, you did some big board and you did some OTC. What, I guess, in a way, what you say your journey has been uh, amazing. So what makes it so amazing in OTC? The... Like I said, I like to I like to learn hands on. So my learning curve, you know, I, I get burned, I learn my lesson, I move on. So once I um, once I get burned a certain way, I, I realize okay, I can't do that anymore. So I love to see the progression, which was, you know, I just set myself down as a student. I say, okay, so when I go into this, I'm gonna be a student. I'm not gonna be the oh, I know what I'm doing. Um, because I was, you know, fairly successful on the big boards. Because let's just be honest, if it weren't for those splits, I probably wouldn't have seen the gains that I seen there. But um, it was those aha moments. There was so many of them, and um, I was like, okay, so all right, so I know how to do that. I know to do this. I know to do that. And um, so just learning. I love learning. I'm I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a student and a teacher, but I love learning. So just learning what to do and what not to do in the OTC. So you said aha moments. Can you can you share some of those aha moments? Because you know, one thing I'm big on is paying it forward. So how can we help those who's going to listen to this this episode avoid some of those aha moments? For instance, right? The whole patience pays thing, right? So I'm thinking, okay, all right, patience pays. How do you how do you see these these 500, 600,000% gainers, right? I, I mean, you can read the headline on, on CC on her Twitter now. Like, what? 1,000% runners. Get out of here, right? But um, getting in early, right? Getting in early. And I say, you know what? I'm going I'm to I'm see how this goes. And I got in early. And my issue was, you know, I didn't have enough in on it, right? So me, me and my better half, we've got in early and... You know, this thing is ripping and we're like, eh, eh, gains wasn't all that. The percentage was high, but the gains weren't all that, right? So I realized that we needed to put more in. We needed to invest more capital if we wanted to experience the the wild factor gains, right? So that was an aha moment once I was able to, you know, put put five figures on a play and it runs, Two three hundred percent. You know, it, <laughs> it was it was like a kid kid in the candy store, right? So that was one of my aha moments. Another one was uh, stop losses, right? So we're using stop losses on big boards, but then find out later in the OTC that it was a it was a big no no. You know, using your stop losses with the with the stop loss raise. So there was a you know there was a one thing you do on the big boards you probably won't do on the OTC, but it was learning that. What else? So much, so much noise, right? One person saying do this, you know, listening to to you know the mentors. One saying diversify, another one saying don't diversify, you know, this play, that play, and you try to spread yourself thin. So um I realized that okay, I can't can't spread myself thin. I need to shut down all the noise and kind of get the tunnel vision on focus on, you know, if I'm if I'm checking out what the stock whisperer got going on, then I'm gonna check out what he's got going on. And I'm not gonna, you know, get distracted on these other plays because it plays everywhere. Um and also, you know, to close that out, figuring out who to get your information from, who who you can choose to be a mentor. Because everyone doesn't have your your best interests at heart, you know. So um I've been burnt 
you know, a few times with, you know, with those guys that, you know, get in, get in, keep buying, keep buying, keep buying. It's coming down. They tell you to keep buying, you keep buying. So um, <laughs> I'll say, listen to that intuition, you know, because I've, I felt like I've handed my money over, you know, every time I've been got, I feel it. And I look and it's like, you know what, you knew better than that, you know? So I found um, a few different people who I felt like were trustworthy, who, you know, aren't charging, which not to say it's a negative thing, because I do believe in, you know, being compensated for your time. But, you know, it's just, it's a feel of a personality. You know, everybody don't have that. But I realized that, hey, you know, these people seem pretty genuine. They're telling you, hey, this is the due diligence. Double check it yourself. You double check it. It comes back correct. There's, you know, I, I could I could trust someone who's giving you what the facts are and you double check them yourself and, and you're there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you, you brought up uh, quite a few and, and I like those, especially the one you just said about the stop losses, because I, I say and I've said it on previous episodes, it's easier to go OTC to big boards than big boards to OTC. Right. Because you have those certain tendencies and that discipline and then big boards. And now you're going to OTC and it's the first thing you do is like, OK, I'm buying in at this prime, putting stop loss here. And then it goes up a little and then it comes back down and triggers it and you just lost, right? You just yep. create unnecessary loss when it's like the story is still early to uh, get developed. So I definitely like that one. Um, and then the, just the one about, you know, understanding who who to follow, who to at least get some resources and the, the tickers from, right? Because, hey, not, every, not everybody with the massive followings are the most reliable, Especially right. when they when they when they front load stuff, so definitely definitely like those. So now that I'm thinking about, it, you say you started two years ago. So did was it because of COVID? Um, no, not really. I I have a I'm one of those people. Let's see, real estate published author of several books. Uh, I'm just all around trying to create multiple streams of revenue, right? So then. Um, you know, with, with COVID actually happening, I, I retired my better half, right? So now we're home together and um, just something something to do, right? So that's why we got in, not necessarily that, but I was trying to add a stream of another stream of revenue. And so um, I said, you know what, let me give this a try because from, from what I'm hearing, what I'm gathering, I've been doing this wrong. You know, I've been, I've been uh, in these houses you know, six, seven days a week. I'm, you know, barely at home. And then the one day that I am home per week, you know, with the family, I'm tired. So I'm resting. And I realize, you know, yeah, I got all these streams of revenue, but I'm tired. And I wanted more of a retired life as far as spending my time the way I wanted to. So um, COVID hit, but, you know, we were home and I'm like, hey, you know, let's 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 go ahead and jump into it. Let's let's see what we got. So that's what we did. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're you're speaking about being tired, and I and I know I know that feeling because I used to take pride in joy. I kid you not, like going days without sleeping, and then it's oh, yeah. like, man, this isn't this isn't normal. Like, yeah, I'm doing all this stuff, and you got bread, and you you know you're, but you're not your physical peak, especially for the the people that matter most, your family, right? right. And then, like you said, COVID hit. And then I know for me personally, when COVID hit and you're around your family like 24 hours, right, all day, 
I'm like, dang, I, I kind of like everybody. You know? Right, right. <laughs> so that's good. Okay. What has been the most challenging? Just Let's just say investing in general in trading, and then we'll go straight to the OTC. So it's a two-parter. Okay. The most challenging, oh, that's one we got to think about, right? Because there's a lot of challenges. I think knowing when to, knowing when to exit, mm-hmm. knowing when to exit, knowing when to exit a, a play, right? Because I got caught up in the, the AMC thing. I ended up holding a bag on that. There was a, another, you know, meme stock that I got into and I took a loss on. So, you know, I'm thinking it can go up and, and listening to all the chatter about what's what, you know, and, and not realizing that these are our former bag holders, um, you know, trying to transition your wealth to them so they can get out of a play. And so I think that was my challenge. And I carry that from the big boards over to the OTC, knowing when to get out. I think that was that was my biggest challenge. And since since then, have you figured out when to get out or a better exit strategy? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Another one actually I got from y'all that I want to mention was scaling in and out. The no one <laughs> prior to you guys mentioned that. No one, no one told you. They'll tell you, hey, you know, uh, you know, you'll be criticized. You see all the criticism on, on Twitter about people not knowing how to trade. And my biggest thing is don't call them idiots. Teach them. Tell them. As simple as you you're you're insulting them, you can actually put the means to which to exit the play or to enter the play, right? So scaling in and scaling out. So I'm big on it now. Um, I got burnt. Like I said, I got burnt a few times as far as, you know, when the play's going up and I'm thinking it's going to run some more and I haven't taken anything. Mm. So now I do not play. There's a number that <laughs> in my head that if I see it, it's, it's coming out. I'm scaling out. And I'm also the tail. I get that from you guys as well, leaving that tail on. And um, that was another aha moment. And I think it might have been one of your one of your episodes. It might have been you or uh, one of your guests when they said um, you go ahead, you you know, you take a, a good percentage of your, your profits, then you leave that tail. And if you do that, say, 10 different times, now you have a pretty solid portfolio. So um, where there's, you know, you're pretty much green in it. You sell it when you want to sell it, but it's there. It's, you know, because you got in so early that you're maintaining some of those profits. So that was that was key. Oh, yeah. I, I was talking to, I think it was uh, Marcella about that in the earlier one, just about figuring, you know, t- at least worst case, if you're up a few hundred percent, take out your initial, you know, create some free shares unless there's like a, I guess you can say a golden ticket and you know for sure like it's going to keep going. But my right. shoot, my biggest lessons with that was like I think I was telling a, a few people on the on the chat uh, earlier this week. Like whenever I got greedy, the stock always got halted. <laughs> so like, see why? And it's always you have brought up your intuition, right? And it's like when you said that, I felt like somebody started poking me in my stomach because I was thinking about like <laughs> CYPE. I was up like huge in that. I'm in Ohio celebrating with uh, my brother, and then. I look, I'm like, oh, I just take it out tomorrow. But in my mind, I already had said I was gonna get out today. Yeah. And soon as the market ended, they got suspended. IACH was another one. And I was in that in the trips and it went to 10 cent. And I was like, um, it's gonna keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said that, I'm like, oh man, you just give me all kind of pokes. 
yeah. It's crazy. It's my first one. Um, you know, once I once I got the whole patience pace, I went in uh, pretty nice on KYNC. And the two spikes from KYNC, I took no profits. And um, so, you know, still holding because, you know, not just because I believe, but I knew there was more catalysts coming. So, you know, so I held on. But that right there, after that happened to me twice, I said, never again, never again. So I'm big on taking profits now. I see someone in, in one of the chat groups ask about taking profits. I'll be one of the first ones to chime in because it's brutal. It can be brutal when you're, you know, you're read for whether well, several days or several weeks or months and you're trying to figure it out. So once you have those, you know, once you have profits and, you know, I'd go ahead and take them. Take them. Don't ask nobody. Don't ask for permission. <laughs> don't uh, don't 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 think about it too long. You see profits. Take them because you know, like today, today everything in the portfolio was green, and I was just you know taking those profits because, like I said, I've I've been in those moments where you know you're red for an extended period of time, and it's it's ugly. So if you get some you know some sunshine, go ahead and and bask in it. It's my advice on that one. Hey, that's why I say profit is king, you know, or queen for the ladies. But hey, you can never go wrong taking profits. Right. Uh, right. So, how has the market forced you to grow? Wow, um, it has um, patience. I've grown in my patience, and it, like I said, it, it was forced on me. You know, whether you, whether you, however you feel about it, you know, the patience, the patience has been forced on me, man, because. Um, whether you're trying to come back up, you know, from a from a tank position or you're just you're parking. And I remember my attitude, you know, in the red um, and then it transitioned to being fine in the red and buying the dips. And I could I could tell, you know, I could tell the difference in my trading is it's less stress on me once I figured out what I was doing. Because let's be let's be honest, a lot of us don't know what we're doing. We're trying to figure it out. Um, you know, and a lot of people quit. A lot of people don't. A lot of people blow up their account. And I felt like, I don't know, not not that um all the way there yet, but I remember a Shark Tank episode where those guys were saying sometimes their biggest problem is that they had more capital that they can throw in. So instead of sticking to the fundamentals, they figure, you know, hey, look, if I run through it, you know, I throw another million in. And I had that type of thought process because I had access to more capital. And I had to, I had to say, you know what? That's not the answer. Throwing more capital in is not the answer. I have to become a better trader. I have to trade better. And so the patience now, um, I'm fine. When it pulls back, I'm, I'm ready. You know, I got my finger on the trigger. Always keeping, you know, that dry powder to buy more on those, on those days, because that's, you know, something else. Not being able to take advantage of those dips or those buying opportunities. So definitely, definitely the patience aspect. And at this point in your life, again, congrats, you know, for retiring the misses. Do you ever see yourself quitting when it comes to trading? Absolutely not. <laughs> what do you mean? I mean, you got, you got, you, you're a published author. You got the other businesses. You don't think, you don't think you'll quit trading. <laughs> never, never, never. No, you know what? My mom asked me. She said, "So you being retired, does you know you don't you know you don't get tired of the market?" I said, "You know what? I sure don't." I said, "It's one of those things where they say you know do what you love and you never work a day in your life." I enjoy it. 
I enjoy it. We talk about it all night. Once the kids are asleep, you know, we're talking stocks. We're talking shop. Waking up to, you know, in four in the morning to feed the infant. Or guess what we're doing? You know, we're there for, for pre-market and, and just checking things out and, and reading. So, no, I really, I enjoy it. I found something I enjoy that I can be home with the family. I can, um, of course, you know, the being able to, because I trade for my children. So I have custodial accounts for both of them, well, all three of them. And so it's like being able to hand that down to them, that knowledge, being home with them and being able to be financially set is, is, is major for me. So even if I, you know, help more, help, help more family members as well, I think I'll be trading for, for pretty much until these fingers are, you know, got arthritis, but no, I enjoy it. <laughs> So, so you, your, your children have accounts for you. How have you started introducing, you know, the account, the trading and things like that? Um, so, you know, real basic, real basic. I um, the, the gentleman who kind of mentioned, you know, trading in general to me, he broke it down, you know, real basic, real basic form. And I was able to grasp that concept. So. You know, every now and then my daughter be like, you want daddy, I want to see how much money I have. And I love it when she does that, because even if I haven't thought about introducing anything new to her, she'll come and she'll put herself in the mix. So as I'm showing her, you know, what her account looks like, giving her a little small things, you know, here's here's a dip, you know, here's here's your peak. You know, you, you you buy here and you sell there. So she'll she'll regurgitate, you know. So dad, you're saying that I, I buy it here and I sell it there. I'm like, yeah. And she may ask me how much it costs, and, and I'll tell her the numbers. So, you know, I'm big on starting early, right? You don't she won't have to unlearn anything, which my daughter is five, my son is fifteen. And, you know, I have a, a seven month old. So just those basics, I'll pull them in and I'll run something real small to them and let them walk out of here with it. And I just started compounding other little small aspects of it. So once I think they're able to, you know, sit down and actually, you know, do a trade or two, you know, I'll do that. I'll start, you know, doing that, introducing it to them that way. Okay. So. You said so much there. I'm just grasping it all. Like I'm like, man. <laughs> so, my bad, my bad. I, no, no. I'm, hey, I, I'm relishing all this because I think that's a beautiful thing that we're we're you're taking the time to share that information with your with your kids. Uh, so you're creating a little CC trades. It sounds like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So you mentioning you explaining to her this early in age. Was stocks even brought up to you or, you know, investing when you were young at that age? No, no, no. Yeah, you know, I, I was born in the 80s. Um, and what I was given was, you know, more of a street side of things um, to deal with money. <clears throat> and, um, you know, luckily I didn't end up in any type of, you know, major trouble. But there was no no mentions of stocks. You know, just like the last guy I think you had on a couple couple episodes back, he said it was in the newspaper. You know, that's where I come from. I come from the days of, you know, in class, they pull out that newspaper and you circle a stock or something like that. But other than that, it was, it was so far from my grasp, you know, in my opinion, that, you know, no one around me, no one in my circumference knew anything, knew anything about stocks. Okay. And is that why you feel like it, it may, it's important to start introducing it to your kids now? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I feel like, um, you know, from where I come from, there was, we were so limited on what we can do. So, you know, just like right now, sometimes I talk to my mom about things I remember in my adolescence, you know, two years old, three years old. And I let her know that, you know, children can take in a lot. And if you're starting early, um, you're giving them that much of a head start, you know. So I think it's very important, even if they don't stick with it. Even if they don't stick with it, you know, because I don't want to force anything, but I want them to be enlightened and have a, a, a lot of more information and options in life. Definitely. And I say that as well. I feel like, hey, you might not be passionate about learning the market to the way I am. Right. You might not eat, sleep and breathe it, but at least know a good amount where it can fund your passion. You know what I'm saying? So if you want to be a garbage man. At least you know you're being a garbage man because you want to be that, not because you you have to, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's and that's the biggest thing. So appreciate you sh- uh, sharing that. How? So your daughter, she's seven. You said five. Five. She's five. Okay, yeah. she's she's five years old. How is she? Uh, she doing with grasping some of that information? Because you you'll get people now that's like kids are too young. Like you know, I wait till they're in high school, and it's like, yeah. You know, I heard that episode. <laughs> I heard that episode, and when when he said it, I heard you say, "Yeah." I said, "Yeah." He <laughs> said, "Yeah." You know, no, I I don't. I think we underestimate our kids. I think we underestimate, and um, you know, in in the military, I was a just being a non commissioned officer. You you know, you lead soldiers, you teach them, but I was also at the logistics university so i have i'm a teacher at heart i'm a teacher at heart so um i believe in giving as much information as you can i remember my daughter being uh two years old she's over at the the security camera screen with a mouse saying that she's working daddy i work i work and um i thought to myself you know that's the difference in in the households where their children are um, the daughters are are singing Megan, you know, or or Little Kim, you know, or those 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 artists. I feel like um, are too vulgar for three, four, and five year olds, right? Mm-hmm. So what she's seeing in the home is, you know, real estate investing. She's seeing um, daddy's trading. She's seeing, you know, daddy's publishing books. He's shipping books out today, or daddy's shipping out, you know, clothes from Black Gold Global. You know, she's she's seeing all these things. So I'm just I want to enjoy the ride. I want to see um, what my children become. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about them growing. And I just want to see what they retain, who they become, because, again, I wasn't you know privy to a lot of different information growing up. And I just had this this different desire to be me. The reason I didn't get wrapped up in a lot of stuff and ended up, you know, taking the route that I took. Absolutely. And at this point, you've done, it sounds like a lot, right? You, you served in the military, you wrote books, you got your, your uh, clothing line, you're investing. What is your why? My why? My why is pretty much family. And outside of family, you know, someone told me a long time ago that you never know who's watching. And from where I'm from, you know, to be an inspiration, there was, you know, there was times where, you know, we looked up to, we looked up to certain people for not good reasons. And um, 
So if someone's watching, um, I want them to get that there's more than one way out. Um, I want them to get that, you know, no one can tell you what you can or can't be. That's up to you. You know, if I if I say, well, you know, I come from here, I come from the projects, I come from, you know, this type of environment, and I trade stocks. You trade stocks, I trade stocks. Or you do this, or you own that, I own this, I do that. So in addition to my children, I look at other people who just don't know how to get out, you know, just don't know how to get out. So um, I do it as an inspiration. I do it for my family. And um, one of the other biggest things is, is generational wealth. You know, I'm real big on that. And so because um, I don't I don't want to um, I don't want to leave here without leaving a legacy and multiple generations being able to survive and thrive and live and enjoy life based off my hard work because I'm going to work hard regardless. So it's like, what are you putting that work in for? So that's my why. Hey, it don't get no better than that, especially, you know, like a lot of times people are paying me and they're like, you know, I'll pay for those lessons. Right. And it's like, I don't do it for that. Right. And you get, you get to that point where it's like, you know, yeah, I could be maximizing money by being like the paid consultant, but right. it's it's much bigger. And and in a way, I felt like when you're you were speaking about the others, we're talking about the people who's brought up in the streets, right? Because right. growing up, shoot, really, it was like you either work at a plant, you sell drugs, or you play a sport. Right now, we're introducing them to the stock market, but we're changing that perception of you don't need a lot of money. Right. Yeah. You just need to master something that works for you and just repeat that process over and over and over again. And penny yeah. stocks, small cap pennies allow you to do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> heck, even oh, yeah. when, heck, even when the market crashes and people really took the time to learn the market, even when the market crashes, you know, the quality stocks going to go back up, which is going to allow you to get in Tesla at $50 and ride it all the way back up to a high. Yep. You know, so when you were saying that, I, I've, I felt all that and uh, can definitely, definitely relate to that. So right. since you started, is do you have any regrets since you, you started investing in the market in the OTC specifically? Because it's a scam. Many people say, right, when you when you tell people like <laughs> hey, <laughs> penny stocks, like half of the people don't even know penny stocks is five dollars or less. Right. <laughs> you know, so when so since you've been investing in penny stocks. Have you had any regrets? Regrets. Just just not um, trying to figure out my process um, sooner. Because you think, okay, you know, so-and-so says he does it this way. And so-and-so might not be truthful, right? So I didn't realize, you know, I need to find out what works for me. You know, uh, BMO might say X, Y, Z. I'm like, well, you know, that works for BMO. That doesn't work for me. Or, you know, that that works for, you know, Guru. That might not work for me. Um, so not just figuring out that sooner. If I had figured out, you know, sooner that I, you need to figure out what works for you and that it may not align with um, a lot of other traders that, you know, that you look up to or that you're learning from. Um, and we got this thing. We had this thing in the Army where they say, you know, each time you run into a leader, keep your keep your tool bag, right? And you might not like everything from the leader, but just just look at the leader and take things from him or her that you don't that you like. 
and stick it in your tool bag. So it's the same way um, I approach trading. So, you know, there's certain things from you that I stuck in my tool bag. Some things from CC I stuck in my tool bag. And and, and uh, a lot of, a few others that I follow. But, you know, take take a little something from all of them to create who I am as a trader. So I think that's that's it for me. <laughs> so you, you didn't made your own little, uh, not little, but you didn't made your own creative player. Like... <laughs> The video games, like I'm gonna take <laughs> this yep. part, this part, and this is me. Now that that's absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, that's awesome. Absolutely. That's awesome because uh, when I first when I first got introduced into trading, I met some pretty high pro- uh, powerful people, mm-hmm. and I immediately was like, I'm just gonna do what they do. But right. it was driving me nuts because I would yeah. see gains, and I'm like, oh no, nah, they said you have to hold to this point, but I'm like, my account is not their account, right. you know. Well, I'm, I can take this, put it over here now and play what they're playing, but I, I can't afford to play this, hold this, and then put money over here, you know, yeah. and, and keep going. So definitely understand that. And, and I feel like those who listen, is that's going to resonate too, because a lot of times people always want to know what the next person is doing instead of focusing on yeah. what they should be doing. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, you know, it's people holding stuff and it's like, what about this? And I'm like, wow, this dude's still holding that shit. You know, it's like, we're, we're gone. Like, we've been moved on from that. Like, you, uh, what? You know, and it's like, man, what are y'all doing? You know, it's like you, you're waiting, like you say, you're waiting on, on validation and, um, you know, on um, on Telegram, um, I have a shirt on that, that says confidence. And, you know, that is the cornerstone of what you do. I feel like I feel like what we do is probably about 90 percent confidence and 10 percent of the skill. And that's because you could know it. You could have you could know exactly how to make seven figures in the market. But if you don't have the confidence to invest your own capital, if you don't have the confidence to put the five, ten thousand up. If you don't have the confidence to to you know transfer the funds from your bank account to your TD or your E-Trade, you're not gonna get anywhere. You know, so I'm I'm really big on confidence. Having that confidence to say, you know what? Yeah, no, I've you know, I've reached my point, I'm exiting it, whether it's going good or bad, you know, cutting those losses as fast as possible, and then just having the confidence to make a decision. And you know, another one, another big in the military on on making a decision. You just set your soldiers up. For them to make a decision, you know, and we do it more times than not just so they can get the hang of, you know, having that confidence to make a decision when it's time to. Yeah. And and it's funny because when you were saying like people won't invest five or ten thousand themselves with the potential of making unlimited amount of money if mm-hmm. they just learn it. But they give someone five or ten thousand investing for them for a two or three percent rate of return each year. Oh man! <laughs> wow! Like wow! Like because I can oh blame I, I can blame that person, right? Hey, my money's going down, but when I got to look in the mirror and take a ownership accountability at the person in the mirror, it's a yeah. little bit different. So when you yeah. were saying that, it's like that's why there's people that I, I've been close to that haven't even invested none, and then I meet people like yourself, people across Twitter social media on telegram that are like i don't even know who you are but i made an amount of money just off you know the information you're providing 
Right. You know, so definitely agree with the confidence part. In two years, what's a ticker that you felt like changed your perspective and was of investing in the OTC and just made you be completely all in? Um, it was uh, KYNC. KYNC was the first stock I got in in trips and I held and I held, I held to, I don't know, three and a half cents, something close to that. Um, still have a tail end right now, but that was, that was it for me. Um, it, it moved very, it moved very, very fast. And again, like I said, that was my aha moment. You know, once I got in and again, I'm, you know, I'm trying to fill myself out, trying to, you know, fill out the OTC. And um, it was, I was like, okay, you know, I was done with the the small amounts, small amounts that I was going in on tickers. And I said, you know what, I'm gonna get a little heavy in this. I got a little heavy and I seen the potential. Mind you, as I, like I said before, I didn't take any profits the first or second time that it popped, you know? So just looking at those gains, it was, it was, it was a moment that changed, you know, changed how I uh, traded forever. So now, you know, I'm getting in early and, you know, still having enough capital to do, you know, a little day trading. So I think, um, and I'm going to say that just, just for the listeners as well, you know, you'll hear diversify, you'll hear all these different ways of trading, but if you like that rush, you know, that day trading rush, you know, peel you off something that will allow you to do that on a daily basis throughout the weeks, throughout the days, as well as, you know, a long position or two, you know, when you're first starting out. And that way you can experience the best, the best of both worlds and you don't have to choose to say, you know, well, you know, so-and-so says do it this way or so-and-so says do it that way. But, you know, if you enjoy the daily, go ahead and, and uh, you know, do both. Try to get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that one as well. So, man, it's been therapeutic, even for me. Like, this has been very enlightened, and I definitely appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we talk about your book and your some of your businesses, and I want to highlight some uh, highlight those because of the you know the OTC community. I believe we're gonna support each other. What questions or any questions do you have for me, if any? Um. So. My question for you was, um, is there a way, do you identify multi-day runners ahead of time or you do it depending on how it's moving? How do you identify multi-day runners? And we talking strictly OTC? Yes. Okay. So stand with the OTC. What I normally do is I like to look at what ran at the end of the day. Perfect example. iFan. So this is coming out Saturday. So Unfortunately, this example probably won't matter much, but okay. iFan is one that I have been talking about for a while, SS Monopoly play. You know, what I like to do is, as I have a position, I, I like to also day trade some of those same tickers, right? So I'm already having a position in it, but I like to also swing some, some new share type of money okay. um, while holding my base. So iFan had a strong buy-in volume at the end of the day. Okay. All right. So what I what I normally do is even like besides IFAN, ICOA was another one. Strong buy-in volume at the end of the day. I like to see as are there pre-market buys the in the morning. All right. So if there's pre-market buys in the morning and I'm not in it, nine times out of ten, it's gonna shoot up that first 15, 20 minutes, then it's gonna be a dip. 
people going to start taking profit. That's the point of entry I'm trying to get in. Okay. But as far as identifying those those runners, I like to see what moved at the end of the day. And then I'm up three, four in the morning looking at news. I'm looking at, you know, <laughs> fouling RE. And that's even if I go to sleep. <laughs> right. Because, you know, I might, I might have a break where I didn't pray with the kids. And then, you know, the old lady's laying down. She sleep. The kid, the newborn sleep. And I'm like, I need my own time out and I play little mad, sneak a little mad in there. And right. before, before I know it, I didn't play a few games, went on a winning streak, and now it's three in the morning. And that's pre-market hours, you know, for the major market. But also some of the apps like the Fouling RE app, I like to use scans, they'll start rolling out news. You know, I turn the TV on CNBC, see what they what they got going on. Because if you notice now that um, the, the OTC is more cleaner, we have less mm-hmm. tickers to trade. People are now looking at sectors. So an example, CEI was one I had I mentioned a while ago, you know, just off research and then finding it. I think laid back was one. He had talked about like 20 cents. But what I noticed was the energy sector in the OTC world was also starting to get that same amount of interest. Oh, is CEI doing it? What else can, can move? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, not to give you a long winded answer, that's just some of the, you know, the thought process as far right. as what I'm looking for. Now, right. if, if the news is big and it's pre-market, uh, I don't want to give into that FOMO. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, I'd rather get in on a dip. So if something shoots up two or 300%, I'm a day trade it. If I'm, if I like the news and, but I'm going to get in when it peels back, maybe to, a, to that 150% type of game. Because right. those people at three hundred percent that bought in at the top ain't trying to sell it, down one hundred and fifty percent, right? You know, so I'm looking at that during the day. Oh, okay. the other the other thing is news, news that moves. FDA type of news moves better in the OTC than the major market. So if someone getting FDA approval in the OTC, that's going to cause massive movement. If someone submitted. FDA approved, that's going to cause movement. Whereas in the major market, somebody get approved, it's like, okay, so what? You still got to put the product together, sell it. You know, there's there's layers to it. There's phases to it. So I'm constantly looking for news. Volume is another one. But right now, though, it's, you know, the low floats with news has been the, the most consistent play this week. Right. I think that's going to be a trend, but it's going to be a trend that people need to be cautious of because I think that's going to be the new pumping style, right? right? So before I can front load a ticker that got billions of shares, it's in the trips, people are gonna buy it cause it's cheap. Mm-hmm. Now I got enough capital to, I can front load or I can call it a volume surge on a low float stock mm-hmm. and people are gonna buy cause of the volume and now I can get out. So, right. I, so I think people as much sensation in Russia gives with the low floats, you still gotta be careful on why you're entering it. So that entry and exit point is going to be very, very important. So I know you asked mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that question, but it was it was hard just to give like a oh yeah, straight <laughs> you know. So. I look, I've done that the, the entire interview. I've done the same <laughs> thing, yeah. <laughs> but good yeah. question though. Right, right, right. Okay, so another one I got for you, real quick. How long does you know? Because this, um, like I said, we're talking about scaling in and out, right? How long does it usually take you to scale into the to a position? It depends on the entry point. So let me give you an example. NHMD is one where I want to accumulate a good amount of shares. 
And I say that because the share structure I love, it, it, it passes my eye test. They just canceled um, the offering and now they're changing their business model. I think they're going into like the crypto world, bit mining and stuff like that. Okay. So anything substantial with that share structure is going to cause a massive move. Now, how long it's taking me to get the shares I want? Well, mm-hmm. I still haven't accumulated all I want. <laughs> but <laughs> it's because if I just immediately go and buy, I'm probably going to cause a massive move. Yeah. And not to be like, I got all this cash just sitting there. It's just the share structure and how to obtain those shares. You know, GMZP is right. another one where the share structure is, doesn't pass the eye test, but the way it trades does. And now they're canceling, I think, like 85, 90% of their shares. But it took me probably like three weeks to okay. get to scale in to where I was satisfied. Whereas right. things like RMRK, I was able to scale in that day and, okay. uh, and like one or two buys. So right. it varies on share structure, volume, and my intent, right? right? So some I intend to just do that monthly, like, hey, I'm just trying to meet my monthly goal of making 40 at right. minimum, right? 40,000. Like I tell people, everybody want to be a millionaire, but it's there's this process is too to get in that point. But heck, if you make fun a thousand in a year, that's still a win. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so there's somewhere it's like, hey, I'm just trying to get in triple what I put in to meet that monthly goal. Whereas others, I'm like, I need I'm looking for six, seven figures. You know, so when it comes to that scaling in, it varies on share structure, volume, and my intent with that stock. Especially if I didn't get in at the bottom and it's already moving, my intent might just be like, I'm going to treat this as a day trade, put maybe 20 racks, come out with eight racks, and that's still a win. Some people don't make eight grand on a monthly checks. So, uh, absolutely. You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because like I said, it's, it's, um, that was one of those things that, uh, that I, that I picked up was like, you know, again, another wild factor on, on scaling in and scaling out. So I'm feeling my way around it and uh, doing, doing pretty well. Cause um, I seen somebody post says, you know, you, you know, basically alerting to that. Hey, once you go into it, you know, don't drop everything on it. Uh, when it pulls back, go ahead and drop some more on it. Right. And then he had in parentheses, it always pulls back. <laughs> You know, it always don't. I mean, no matter how low you got it, that joke is going to pull back. So I, I love that. OK. And I was just wanted to know. And really with me, you know, even if it pulls back, if I got the amount of shares, I don't worry about it. Because let me tell you this, it may always pull back, but I might not want to be in when it pulls back. And right. I, I'm saying that because I remember being in a ticker that was in the trips. Right was like trip eight, trip nine. Got in and I'm scaling in. But in back of my mind, I'm like, this feels like it's about to take off. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when it took off, it went from trip nine to about three or four cents. And I still got that leftover cash because I was scaling in versus yeah. had I just put it in. <laughs> and guess what? When it pulled back and went back down to the trips, I wasn't about to be buying right back in. Right. <laughs> so, so that thing about it always pulling back, it's a gift and a curse. But if, yeah. depending on when it pulled back, I won't be in it. <laughs> right. Right. Understood. <laughs> Understood. Good question. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? I was going to ask um, your perspective on your day. Well, you know, I, I want to say small account to a large account. But 
I don't even know if you ever started with a small account, but what was your perspective as as your account grew on how you were trading? Because right? it's, it's not the same. You know, you don't trade a, a small account the same way you trade a larger one. No, but, as, but my process is still the same. So, same. yeah. So I think like when I when I first started, I started a couple hundred. And every time I got paid, I put it in. Right. And like, I think I was in what? It may be GGI. I don't, I can't remember what it was. It was it's been over a decade, but right. I would put two or three hundred in, and I think it ran it, it ran at two or three hundred came like twenty seven twenty eight hundred, right? And then you take that out, and then you repeat that same process. Uh, right. I think now I'm just now starting to get better at paying myself. Okay. And like, there's people around me and my friends that are like, bruh. You've been doing this for so long and I would have never known just because of the way you are. And it's mm-hmm. always been that fear of like, I guess you can say fear of being broke, like not having it. Like I still open my soda cans halfway right, and, <laughs> and squeeze it because I'm trying to make it last long because there's been times where it's like, hey, growing up, this drink, this is going to be your only thing besides water. But right. it's like, you know what? I can, I can enjoy and embrace it, you know? And right. so I think from uh, how I manage my account, it's my process is still the same. I, I would like to think I'm executing way better. I stopped putting the daily goal on me because it made me have unnecessary stress. Right. right. It's like because the first thing we do is say, man, all I want to make is five grand a month. Right. And then you break it down to each day and now you're forcing yourself trade where yeah. realistically at five grand a month is your goal. Why not just focus on one or two trades and nail those and boom, you got your goal. Oh, yeah. You know, so <laughs> the bigger account, I think it allows me to uh, not with the penny stocks, but with major market do more scalping. Like I can scalp something that goes five or 10 cent and get out versus I can put 25, 30 grand in something that goes five or 10 cent. And that might be a, a thousand or two. Right? right. Versus putting five, 500 in and hoping it goes up two or three dollars. You know, so I think the bigger account just gave me more flexibility to earn more income. But mm-hmm. if you're not going to be disciplined, you still taking a you taking a risk of losing that income as well. Right. You know, so. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's it for my questions. All right. So a couple, I know, a couple more minutes. Uh, you wrote a book that you sent to me. It's called The Cookie Stand. Right. Tell us about the book. What uh, what was the motivation behind it and everything, and and where can it be found at? Okay, so like I said, the title of the book is uh, "The Cookie Stand." Cookie Stand is about a, a young man who's trying to figure out how he can make some money. Um, his friends got bikes, and you know he watch them on Saturday mornings, and they you know jump around, drive around the neighborhood, didn't have one, so he figured out you know a way that he could uh, make some money was to sell cookies in the neighborhood. And um, inside of that, you know, tale, inside of that story is um, a young man learning, you know, the business business terms, right? So he learns, um, you know, what a business plan is. He learns what capital is, uh, investing and all those, you know, basic terms for children, right? And um, the motivation behind it was my daughter with... Me being a father, trying to figure out how I can teach her things. So I, this was actually my third book. My other books were for adults, 
So being, you know, when you think, well, man, how can I teach my child this? You know, I'm like, well, I write books. Let's go ahead and, and write one. So I wrote several. Uh, this is the first one to be published. But I just realized that our children need a lot more than what's out there. And so being who I am, you know, never afraid to invest in myself. I went on ahead and uh, I wrote and published a book titled The Cookie Stand for Children um, to learn some of these basics, to introduce them to business, because you never know, um, you know, what that seed can lead to that you plant. And um, it can be found at store.bookbaby.com, store.bookbaby.com. And um, type in and search uh, the cookie stand, and it'll come up. Like I said, I think it's um, it's 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 paramount, you know, to teach our children the things that schools aren't teaching them. And if your kids can't read yet, you can read it to them. You know, let that be one of the bedtime stories that just plants that seed of business really early. Absolutely, and I know uh, we it's going to be a regular rotation in our and not just talking about the money you know and but just the book in general just reading that and heck i got a, i got a newborn so he's gonna learn about it the, the cookie stand well, <laughs> as, appreciate that I appreciate that as well so and i appreciate you sending me a copy again I, I want the supporters out there to go ahead and get that book support let's support each other and then you talked about your clothing brand right right tell us about it inspiration behind that and where can we get it okay so we um we launched Black Gold Global a couple of years ago. Black Gold Global is basically expressions, thoughts, and, and phrases on the clothes. The site is blackgold.global. Again, blackgold.global. And um, what you also have in the mail, you know, this is an example of what we have on blackgold.global, is a hoodie that says uh, generational wealth. All right. So not only, you know, are we talking about it, we, we're wearing the expressions on our clothes to strike up conversations. And I think these conversations should be more common in our communities. So this is what the brand is about. Um, I mentioned earlier a shirt that I that one of my favorites that says confidence. Right. So these are conversation starters, whether it's with friends, family, associates or complete strangers. I get complete strangers that come up to me and ask, you know, where can they get it or where did I get it or, or what's the thoughts process behind it? So, again, Black Gold Global, you have one of those hoodies in the mail should be to you any day now. And that's, again, you know, a token of my appreciation for what you do. There's a lot of times um you know, people will say they appreciate you, but I, I like to show my appreciation. So um, the whole family, you know, me and the better half, we were always listening to you guys. We follow you guys and appreciate the information and, and, and what you do for the community. So that's it. Thank hey, Thank you for the, the hoodie. Uh, and I definitely agree just by having, you know, the, the sayings on that shirt and by people asking questions, it starts with a conversation. And so that was very, that's very unique marketing and a way of paying it forward and that people don't even realize. Like that conversation right. sparks more interest and you Absolutely. never know who it motivates. So, oh, yeah. all right. So we have that part before we conclude, like where I like to get people their flowers, you know, just to show my appreciation of even coming on and uh, telling their story, paying it forward. So the beauty of social media 
and this platform that I uh, that that we're on right now is being able to talk to people across the world that I probably would never have talked to, never have met. And we can expect to like encourage, we can motivate and, and we can inspire people. And I just want to say thank you for to you, one, for paying it forward by coming on, telling your story, two, for the book that you sent me. And then three, you motivated me. And I think and I, I sent you a text and said, man, me and Bam, we're working on something. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to put it out there yet, but I think that's going to help, you know, educate and spark more interest. But right. by you simply just doing those things, which in, in many people, as may seem small, it can potentially one day have a, a big effect. So I'm definitely, definitely appreciate appreciative of that. And hey, we, we started brainstorming. Him and I, and we, we coming up with something and, and I, heck, I'm probably going to reach out to you for, as far as, you know, what to do with it and, you know, the marketing right. and everything like that. But I, I definitely appreciate you coming on, telling your story and just inspiring me. And I, and, <laughs> and I don't even know if you knew that, but yeah, you, you inspired me. So appreciate it, man. That's cool. That's cool. Thank you, man. No problem. Thanks for having me on. And, um, Again, thanks for what you do, but um, definitely appreciate it. Reach out anytime, any questions, any anything, you know, you got the contact information, so feel free. And one other thing before I conclude it, where can people find you if they want to reach out to you, you know, if they have questions as far as investing, maybe they want to write a book or, you know, or buy some products and they want to reach out to you directly. Is there a way they can talk to you on Twitter or any other social media platforms? Absolutely. I'm on Twitter as um, Black Gold Global and also on um, Instagram at Refour Pub. That's R-E-F-O-U-R-P-U-B. Um, that's where the, you know, the books are. And like I said, I, I interact with a lot of people, you know, trying to figure out how to publish their books or, or buy one of mine or um, and also Black Gold Global on Instagram. So all those those platforms, um, I can be reached at. Thank you, man. And as always, if you can, please rate, write a review if the platform you're listening to allows you to do so. If you have any questions, topic requests, or even want to be a guest, please email me at pennystopwhisperer at gmail.com. Other than that, have a good day and see you later.